Hi, I'm Eric Poulin. And I'm Robin Poulin. We're the co-founders of Calendar Budget, and welcome to the Calendar Budget Podcast. I can pay cash, I can pay check, I can pay wire transfer, I can pay gift card, I can pay credit, I can pay anything you like. I can pay cash, I can pay check, I can pay wire transfer, I can pay gift card, I can pay credit, I can pay anything you like. Remember the movie Jerry Maguire? I do. Show me the money! So today we're going to be talking about finding the money. You want to save? Great. Let's talk about how to find that money. Where is it going to come from? Yeah. Yeah. It's so easy to just say, hey, start saving. Start building an emergency savings account. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> where's this money coming from that you didn't have 10 minutes ago? Now you need to start saving it. Yeah, there's lots of ways that you can um, try to get going. So we're going to just start with a bunch of things that you can do to start getting going on saving yourself. So what are some ways we're going to do this? I'll, I'll start us off. We're just going to kind of go back and forth here with some ideas. So I would say first thing, pay yourself. So yes. when you get your paycheck, first thing, savings. Exactly. You can even automatically have it set up, set it up to automatically take that money amount out of your paycheck to yep. go into a savings account. Exactly. Overestimate your expenses, underestimate your income. Yeah. And then budget based on that. And when you have the difference, save it. Or play beat the budget where you spend less than you intended in the first place. I see a friend do that. She saves on her groceries and she squirrels that money away and then she sends her family on vacations. Yeah. I think almost yearly. That's a brilliant idea. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so if you're an employer, no, if you're an employee and you get a tax return at the end of every tax year, mm -hmm. you don't need that tax return. At the end of the year, you could be getting that money all the way through the year and earning interest on it. So you can go to your employer and ask for a reduction at source mm -hmm. for your taxes so that you end up getting as close as possible to breaking even at tax return time. Use that money that you're gonna get a little bit more on each paycheck and put it into savings and benefit from the time uh, interest that we're gonna talk about today. I guess there's a fine line where you need to calculate that to make sure you don't reduce it too much. Yes. So that you end up owing taxes. Yeah, if you, you know- don't what, want that surprise. If you know what your uh, like tax return is, maybe you're getting like $1,000 back at the end of every year, mm -hmm. then you can just you know go to your employer and say, oh, I'm getting $1,000 back. They can do the math for you and um, basically just divvy that up so that you're not paying basically $1,000 divided by the number of paychecks a year. You mm -hmm. pay that much less tax. You get it spread out through the year, then you don't have to wait until the end of the year and you can just invest it as it comes. Yeah, yes. Exactly. Pay off your debts. Um, and then when you're done paying off your debts, the amount you were using to pay off debts, free money for McDonald's, right? No, save this money. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Make your money work for you. Exactly. Well, if you still can't find enough money, get a second job, a part-time job. Yeah. Um, We've seen one of our daughters doing that. They want more income. Yeah. They have the time right now. Working two jobs. Yeah. Yeah. And the energy to be able to work two jobs. Well, yeah. That's Mostly. always difficult. Good. Invest in a good foot massager. Yeah. For, in her case. Um, save any bonuses that you get or holiday pay. Mm -hmm. Kind of unexpected windfalls. 
invest that money. Including uh, your tax return, if you still have some. Yes, yes. Um, Hobbies. You can monetize a hobby. Definitely. Yep, actually, that's a great idea. And then, most important, set a goal for savings because there's nothing like a goal to motivate you to go out and just get it done. Yeah. Get her done. And make it big enough that it will motivate you. Getting a new bike or something like that. It's probably not enough motivation. Unless it's a motorcycle. Ooh, well. Yeah, it should be a big enough goal that's motivating. Um, not something that you can accomplish in a month. Mm-hmm. Something that might take you six months to a year. Again, we're, these are short-term goals we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. But that's going to motivate you to get that money in place. And then when you have your longer-term goals in place, like for retirement, set that with a financial professional. Get get your advisor to work with you on that. And then just have automated payments like you talked about going out all the time. And then just become part of your monthly expenses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, you you can't fall behind on them because... It's automated and you'll get in trouble if you don't meet that obligation. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And now something we mentioned in previous episodes, but we always recommend don't co-mingle. Yeah. What? Your money, your spend, savings money with your spending money. Because right. if you leave your savings money in your checking account, it is so easy to spend that savings money as well because you don't have that threshold to stop you. Yeah, exactly. When you put it in a separate account, Make sure that it's not available on your debit card uh, so that you can't just swipe to pay. Mm -hmm. It should only be available through online banking or, if you're crazy, an (laughs) in-person visit to the bank. But who does that anymore? Um, Money you can transfer to and from as needed, but mostly it should be just transferring to build this account up. Yeah. And you can get savings-only accounts that, you know, for this specific reason, are not available on as debit accounts they can only be used for saving and maybe they're only available like our bank has an account that's only available for transferring money in and out of you can't actually yeah you can't ever do a transaction and that was by request i think originally it was available through our debit card but we went in and we asked there was one account that we did that with we said please take that off we did to make it not accessible but there's there's certain types of accounts that That are are specifically designated as bank products that are savings only yeah um and they they typically have no fees with them so that's what the beauty of these accounts is Mm -hmm. because they don't have the capability of writing checks or doing debit transactions no fee Mm -hmm. so those are the great the greatest kind of savings accounts no fee because you want all your money going to savings and interest Definitely. okay Big topic for uh, show me the money, for finding money, is compound interest. Like time is your bestest friend ever when it comes to saving. So that means start early and you're going to be able to see your money grow over time. So the earlier you start saving, the better it will be because of compound interest. So compound interest basically just means you get interest on your interest. Yes. So if I put $100 in, let's say I put $100 in my bank account, and then in one year, that is now 1,000, sorry, I said $100, now it's $110 mm-hmm. in a year. But meanwhile, if I go day by day, 
if you get like a daily interest savings account, you're going to get interest every day on this amount. Mm -hmm. um, and then that $100 maybe on day one is worth $100.01. So now you're getting your interest calculations on $100.01 rather than $100. So that, in, that interest has a cumulative effect and it seems like nothing on day one. That example is almost meaningless. But imagine on day 300, now that $100 is 110 for sake of example. The next day, now you're getting interest on $110 instead of just the original principal amount. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's a way to figure out how long it will take for your money to grow. That is called the rule of 72. Yeah. Now, when it comes to getting the rule of 72 to work for you, consider how long it takes for that money to double. Right. That's what that it breaks down to. So if you have an interest working at 2%, then if you divide 2 into 72, that's 36 years. So that will take 36 years for your money to double. But if you have it at 6% interest, 6 into 72 is 12. So in 12 years, your money will double. Now, if we have two different people that are investing money, and now you're getting time to work as well with you on top of the rule of 72, the person that invests money, and they're both investing the same amount of money uh, for the same period of time, like they're same age, investing $1,000 each, and one starts at this year and one starts 10 years later, the person who starts 10 years later will have to invest more than double to arrive at the same amount of savings. Because of the Compound time. Because yes. the guy who started investing earlier is benefiting from all those extra years of compound interest. So that's where time really works in your favor. Yes. Yeah, this rule of 72 is, uh, is pretty awesome. Yeah, um, and it really it, it really illustrates why it's a good idea to start early. Again, time is your when interest is working for you, time is your best friend. Yes. When interest is working against you, it's your worst enemy. Yes. And it can work against you in things like a mortgage or loan or credit card debt, which is why get out of debt, right? Get out of debt. Yeah. But when you're saving. Compound interest, yes, we love you. Thank you very much, compound interest. So this is just a simple calculation. It's not, it doesn't take into account things like taxes and rates of return on, on certain things, fluctuations in the market and sentiment and all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but it does allow you to figure out how long will it take your money to double. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, good idea. And it illustrates too the really big importance of investing your money in something that earns a higher interest rate, right? The difference between 2% yeah. and what was the example you used? 6%? Yeah. Is like, is drastic. Yeah. Imagine if you found something at 12%. Yeah. Six years, have your money double. It'd exactly. be fantastic. So 2% takes 36 years. Yeah. 12% takes only six years. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. So you, know, you really want to find a higher interest, which is why you're looking for investments here and not just like the interest in your savings account alone, because savings account is one of the lowest interest. Now, if I understand uh, correctly, though, uh, when you look <clears throat> at the higher interest rates, hmm. 
They tend to have a higher risk level as well, do they not? They do. I mean, we talked about that in a previous podcast about the various different risks of investments. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you know, every with the higher potential return comes a commensurately higher risk. So yeah, you don't want to be greedy. You want to be wise about these decisions of what you're going to work with, with what you're more interested in. The risk level you're okay with and the higher interest rate, if you're okay with those, then go for it. Exactly, and that's where we talked about again previously, a risk assessment, right? You yeah. figure out what are you comfortable with in terms of risk and diversify so that you don't have all your, all your investments in high risk things and then suddenly you're- Lose the bucket. Yeah, your entire bucket is gone. Yeah. <laughs> this is no good for anybody. Yeah. Um, so yeah, diversify things a little bit and it's good to have some risk and some very low risk things mm-hmm. um, so that you have a balance. Like we personally, we've had money that we put into high risk investments mm-hmm. and it tanked some of them, mm-hmm. right? But our financial advisor made us very aware when we were investing in this, that this is a high risk thing. And we, although we hope it never goes down, it's possible. And yep. sure enough, it did go down. But because we had diversified things, you know, that one part went down and it was, you know, too bad, so sad. Yeah. <laughs> but we've had other investments where we're not quite as high risk as that one that I'm referring to. But we've put in some other fairly high risk ones and they've delivered pretty high returns. Like I think we've had 18% returns in, in a couple of years on some of our investments, which is that's fantastic. Yeah. So make sure that they, you're just aware, use that rule of 72 as a measure to help you figure out how quickly you want to double your money. But like I said, don't be greedy and, and just make sure that you're doing it in a diversified risk assessed way that your financial advisor will work with you on. Definitely. Now, we talked about some ways to show me the money. Um, most of those ways were like things that you can do directly. Um, techniques you can use, tricks you can use to save more money, to find more money, to produce more money. But you don't always have to do it on your own. Sometimes there is some help available from various different sources. Yeah, the government government has some benefits to be able to help you where they have uh, some contributions that you can make at work that will help for retirement. Yeah, like you have to make them. They're actually mandatory. Every government that I know of um, forces you to pay into some form of social security. Yeah. Um, in the U.S., I believe it's called social security. In Canada, it's employment insurance. Is that it? Mm, maybe not. No, I that's think something that's different. There's something that you, have to, that you have to pay into, uh, and then when you retire you'll get a little bit of this money. It's not meant not. to be your retirement savings. It's just yes. a nice little drop in the bucket. A base to start on. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. do not plan on retiring on this money. It will not be enough. Yeah. <laughs> not even close. So yeah, in Canada, um, social security, sorry, in US social security in Canada, I think it's old age security that you get. Right. Uh, when you retire, but again, it's not going to be that much. Mm-hmm. What other things? There's there's also education savings plans that you can get. Um, that's not going to be at your retirement, of course, but that'll help you along the way. 
um, you can invest money into like a, in Canada, it's an RESP, Registered Education Savings Plan. Mm -hmm. In the U.S., it's a 529 plan. I had to refer to my notes there because I'm not for, not familiar with this term because we're from Canada, um, but it's the same idea. Um, I do recall when we started that for our kids that the government was matching payments at that time. So to a certain amount, which yeah. is why they're helpful. Exactly. They're tax uh, tax sheltered investment savings, but the government will match some of it to make it even better for sure. We also have employers that um, can help you with um, saving, with this like long-term savings, we're talking like retirement, retirement savings, savings here. So yeah. usually for an employer that comes in the form of a pension, mm -hmm. right? So pensions are, uh, they're great because they're tax sheltered and tax deferred. Mm -hmm. So tax sheltered means that, hey, you put a thousand dollars in, normally, when that thousand dollars makes some money, like it makes a hundred dollars, usually you have to pay tax on that hundred dollars because that's income for you. Mm -hmm. But when it's in a retirement plan, like a pension, you don't have to pay tax on that until much later. That's so tax sheltered means you don't pay interest on the gains. Mm -hmm. Tax deferred means you don't pay interest at all on any of this until you withdraw it at a future date when you actually retire. Um, which is great because if you had to pay tax on that now, if you had to like withdraw that now, you get your regular job income plus the income from the pension, it's probably gonna put you into a higher tax bracket and suddenly you have to pay way more taxes than you wanted to. When you retire, you don't have your regular salary anymore. All you have is the pension salary. And so you're gonna be in a much lower tax bracket. So not only do you have to, to get to pay the taxes much later, you get to pay much less taxes on them overall. So those are two important concepts. Um, and with those options, the money is going to compound a lot more quickly. Um, so that's why pensions are so fantastic. Um, you got to be careful. Sometimes uh, certain pensions will have a locked in component to it. Right. So I used to work at a company that had certain part of my uh, pension was in, well, you're going to talk about these in, in a minute, but certain of my, amount of my pension was in a, a, a thing that I directed myself, yep. an RRSP in Canada mm -hmm. or a 401k in the US. Mm -hmm. And another part of it was in something called a, a LIRA, L-I-R-A, locked in retirement account, mm -hmm. meaning I cannot withdraw those funds. Under any circumstances, until I'm, I think, retirement. 55 or something. There's a retirement age that's associated with the account, yeah. and you cannot get at it. So that, um, ha you know, one of the risks that we talked about last time, liquidity risk, that one has a significant liquidity risk because I can't cash that in yeah, until I'm that age. But it makes sense. It's it's earmarked for retirement. So, I, I mean, I went in that with my eyes wide open. Uh, not that I would want to cash in any of my retirement savings anyway, because what's the point? You're saving for retirement. Don't cash it in until you retire. So it just makes it that way. Now, most pensions come in two flavors, and one of them almost no longer exists. Yeah, defined benefits. Yeah. That one, uh, usually you'll see that only in public sectors. 
but the private sectors, it's too risky for them. So they yeah. tend to shy away from that one. In fact, I so my previous employer was IBM. I used to work mm -hmm. at IBM. And um, when I, this was more than 25 years ago, when I first started with them, mm -hmm. and at that point, they were telling me that defined benefit is an option, but they're phasing it out. Mm -hmm. um, now, they're almost completely extinct. Yeah. But there still may be some out there, so probably worth talking about what they mean and what they're all about. Right. So defined benefits are more guaranteed because you understand what you're going to have when retirement comes along. There's a specific amount that goes into the savings every time for the retirement. And it's more predictable of what's going to happen. And it's based on your salary, your years of service, and possibly your age. And so, um, so for an example, if you had 2% interest, uh, your average yearly pensionable earnings during your highest five years of income, and plus the years of pensionable service. So you have 2% to times, say, 100,000. That would, uh, probably 35 years, that would be $70,000 then. That you'd get, like, as an annual retirement, retirement benefit. Mm -hmm. That's um, good. That's good for you. Exactly. <laughs> and your employer is taking on the risk at this time because they are controlling where the and money is invested in order to make sure there's enough money to cover the retirees when they come to that age and for however many years they live for that this pension is around, this uh, retirement savings Because they're is on the hook to pay that pension to you exactly. no matter how the performance of the retirement fund performs. Right. So that's why it's risky for them. Exactly. Uh -huh. So there are some good benefits to this. That's why companies are phasing them out. It's too risky <coughs> for the company. Exactly, for especially in this private sector. Yeah. Um, now, the benefits are that you are not responsible for managing the funds and where they are invested and things like that. Mm. The employer has, has that to take care of. So that's wonderful. Uh, flexible retirement dates. You could retire early. But that means that you could take a pay cut then, but that means you get more time back. A pay cut from your pension. From your pension, uh -huh. yes. If you're willing to retire early, will you take a pay cut in your pension then? Right. Kind of thing. I've heard of a number of people in that situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that means you get to have more years while you still have the energy and the health to be able to do the things that you want to do. Mm -hmm. um, flexible payouts as well. They have that available with the defined benefit. Uh, survivor benefits. So I've seen this happen where the husband had passed away and the wife is now getting a percentage of that pension still that comes to her. Okay. That, that happens in the other one too, though. Um, For a different reason, I guess. Different way, yeah. That's the company paying the, the spouse directly. Yeah. Uh, For survivor benefit. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, cost of living adjustments for inflation that tends to be taken care of as well with a benefit no wonder companies don't fund these anymore exactly. they sound too good to be true yes income splitting you can do with your spouse uh, which is great for tax breaks and again the, the employer bears the risk so they are controlling what happens with the investment to make sure that there is enough money to cover all the retirees. Yeah. So the risk being, is if, going to be enough in there. If the retirement fund 
is mismanaged. Yeah. Or if the market just isn't performing very well, they still have to pay the fixed amount to their employees, no matter how the thing performed. If it underperforms, they're going to have to pay their employees from operations cost or something. They got, they still owe this money, even if the retirement fund can't bear it properly. Exactly. Or even yeah. worse, if the company goes bankrupt and they can are no longer able to pay out the pensions. Oh, but that's dangerous. If a company goes bankrupt, you don't get pension anymore. Exactly. It's so that is a risk for the the pensionee. Yes. Um, so maybe that's another reason that they're being phased out because they're neither side is going to enjoy this. More and more companies are going bankrupt these days. Yeah. You know, a large corporation maybe less so, and a public sector maybe less so. Yeah. But Still. yeah, for a bank or for a company to do a defined benefit pension and then go bankrupt means all the money that you put in expecting to have a pension over the years gone mm -hmm. overnight exactly that would be there are devastating. other <laughs> my goodness there are other disadvantages as well that come with this uh, defined benefits where maybe you feel like you need to keep working because you want that full retirement income hmm. and you feel I, I really need to stop working because I'm just tired of all this my body can no longer handle handle this, hmm. but you want that full pension, so you push yourself, and then you probably incur some extra health risks. But that's probably the case for the other type of pension as well. Yes, but I think because there is this idea of getting 100% of what's owed to me, some people might feel the need to fight for it more. And they, it's a sense of entitlement. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That kind of thing. Fair so. enough. Uh, company managed funds, I think we talked about that, where if it's not managed well... It's risk, yeah. Exactly. Well, the risk is to both. Like we said, the company may have to fund it another way, or they may just go bankrupt. Yeah. And then you lose everything. Terrible. Yep. Man, that would be awful. And not all of these uh, defined benefits include the inf inflation accommodations. Some of them mm. don't include that. so could risk that and no you tend to have like a pooled account for uh, these general pension funds yes and so that money is all going to the one person like sorry one fund is fending for all the people yeah that's what i meant yeah because they take the big the big fund and that's what they use to invest exactly millions of dollars in whatever they're doing uh, divine pension plans are used to, they used to be fairly common, but again, they're being phased out to become, uh, be, now they use more of the defined contribution. Yeah. DC. Mm -hmm. So you hear, I, I, when IBM was a pro, like teaching me this and they're saying you can pick between these two, but yeah, actually I'm trying to remember now, I don't even think they let me choose really. It was like. We have this old DB defined benefit program, but we're not really issuing that anymore. It's now DC defined contribution. Yeah. And so this is where your employer makes contributions as well, but you get to define what's happening with it. And it goes into, you have 
One of the disadvantages with the defined contribution is that there are a limited number of funds that you can actually put your money into that are part of the plan. Okay. So the choices are not as wide as... as if it's your own money. Yeah, if you're investing on your own. Yeah, it's not like you have money that you can invest in certain ways. Like they may give you three options, the yeah. super low risk option, the medium option, or the high risk option or something along those lines. Yeah. yeah. And so at that point, you, it's you, the employer and employee both making contributions. So if you yeah. are going to say invest $10,000, the employer may match 50% of that. So it, another $5,000 would be coming to be invested in the same fund. Right. So it makes sense to not be investing on your own, but to do this uh, sure. to, because of the matching payment. Exactly. It's fantastic. Even though it's even though you don't get to specify exactly where the money's going, not exactly anyway. You have an immediate return. That a matched amount is such a huge benefit that that's like free it's like free, free money. money. Yeah. Exactly. I would you I would max that out as much as you possibly can if you have that av available to you. Exactly. Um, and that means you also can increase or decrease the amount you're putting into your DC. Mm -hmm. There may be a minimum of some kind, but um, if you want to increase it, increase it to the maximum matching amount if you, if you can handle it, yes. if you can tolerate it. That is another uh, disadvantage really that comes up with this is that you have a minimum or maximum amount. There is only a sh small box sure. of how much you can invest. So that's not as free as what investing on your own, but because it's free money with the max. Yeah. It's well worth it. It's not something to shy away from. For sure. Go, go to the maximum amount that they'll match. And then if you still have money at left over to invest, then you just do it outside of a pension. Like yeah. do your own investment with a financial advisor. Uh, it's up in the air though, once you start investing in this, of how much you will actually have at retirement because of the match payments that are coming. And it's not the same as the defined benefits where you knew at the end of retirement, because this is much, this is how it's going to turn out. How much I should have at retirement from this benefit? Well, defined benefit, the the old extinct way. Yeah. You were going to get a fixed amount. Exactly. At retirement. Now with defined contribution. It all depends on what you choose to do. How much you're going to invest. Well. What's matched. I would say it depends on the performance of the retirement fund. Exactly that as well. I would say entirely. Well, it depends because you could just invest 5000 instead of the full 10000 and so you're still not going to have as much. Oh, as. sure, sure, sure. So it, all, it depends yeah. on a few things because, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but at the end of the day, you're, you know, it's not like you're getting a fixed amount from your employer like this defined benefit way. Yeah. You're, you're going to get, you know, the market goes up and down. If the market goes down, your, your pension goes down with it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, uh, what's the saying? The rise and fall. Uh, high high tide floats all boats or rises all boats, raises all boats. Yeah. Um, pensions go up. Investments go up when the market goes up. And when it goes down, pensions go down with it. And, you know, that's the normal ebb and flow of the market. Um, mm -hmm. Just get comfortable with it. Yep. Don't look at your pension balance readouts every month. They're long-term investments. You know, review them every six months or a year. Um, and they're going to be there. Exactly. Max them out as best you can and don't, don't sweat the details. 
work with a financial advisor to be wise. Yeah, for sure. So in Canada, this is in the form of what an RRSP in a pension, like a pensioned RRSP. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's an RRSP in your name that the con- um, employer is providing matching payments to. Yeah. Same idea in the United States. It's a 401k. It's a 401k in your name and the employer sometimes uh, provides matching payments. Sometimes the employer will entirely fund this for you, but mm-hmm. that good luck to find an em- if you find an employer like that, you've won. God bless you. <laughs> because you've won. Exactly. You won the game. <laughs> game over. Now, defined contribution pension plans, they are tax deferred. Yeah. So. All, all pension plans are tax deferred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Define, you know, this is all money that you're putting away and you're going to pay taxes on it at a later date when you withdraw it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're for sure. Um, that's the benefit of all of these pension funds is that you're going to get your money compound interest growth while it's in the fund. And then when you take it out, then you get taxed on that amount. But again, because as we mentioned earlier, you'll be in a lower tax bracket at that time and mm-hmm. it'll be in your benefit for sure. Now, one of the benefits of to doing this to define um, contribution. contribution, thank you, mm-hmm. is that it's vested in, uh, investment, meaning that it's yours immediately. Oh, that's true. It's not in this group that. fund. Mm. It's in a separate account that's yours, your RSP. Yes, RSP. it's registered with the government under your name from day one. Exactly. Whereas the old defined benefit, you have this group fund. This vesting, well, it's not just that it's a group fund, it's you have this vesting period. It's almost like probation. Yeah. Oh, you're on probation for five years sometimes or however long it is. And you're paying into this pension with your paycheck. Hoping. And then if, oh, four and a half years comes and, uh, and you change jobs for whatever reason, you're, you're let go or you leave because you find a better job. All that money that went into the pension, not vested, which means you don't get any of it. No, I don't. I that picked, would be so heartbreaking. I picked five years out of the blue. It's probably not five years. It's probably more like six months or a year. But yeah, that would be very unpleasant to not be vested and then have your amounts uh, just disappear. Definitely. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, you have the ability to withdraw the funds in some cases for this uh, con- defined contribution. Yes, if if it's not in a locked-in account. Mm-hmm. When again, when I was not at IBM, I had two different kinds. There was a locked in account and then a regular account. The regular account, yeah, you can withdraw it if you're, if there's an urgent emergent need, but again, don't do that. That's <laughs> the whole reason it's called retirement savings is retirement. Yeah. Save it for retirement. Yeah. I think the greatest win we've talked about is where the employer matches and yeah. often that's what they do. Sometimes, uh, I don't know if they really do too many of like a 100% match, but at least 50%, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, it really just depends. depends on the company. Every HR to... department, every co- every company will be a little different. Yeah. Find out what your company does and uh, try to max out any matching payments they have because that's the best retirement savings available mm-hmm. for sure. And so other disadvantage you, you run into is even though you get to pick what funds 
they're limited, like we talked about, but management fees come with running those. Funds. Oh yeah, there's so. management fees in every investment though. You're gonna always pay those even if it's a private investment. If you're working yeah. with a financial advisor, you put $100 in. If you look at where that $100 goes, you know, there's like 2% of it goes to the manager fee and 5% of it goes here. And th that's always the case with yeah. every investment, yeah. except for DB. Defined benefit, you're getting that amount unless the company goes bankrupt. Yeah, because the company is taking that risk, not yeah, you. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, we talked about the unpredictable income because of depending on how much you invest, what the employer matches, and the volatility of the interest earned. Yeah. Um, you bear the risk because it's in your retirement savings income account. Exactly. And managing it and what's You bear the risk that. because it's at the mercy of the market. Exactly. Yeah. And you need to make sure that you are disciplined to be able to take care of this and to manage what's going to happen and not just leave it to float its own way, but to regularly check on it to make sure things are going well. How, what do you mean by that? Just not to just leave your retirement, check, like check on your income. Uh, every now and then to see maybe you've had some increase in wages that you might want to increase your uh, retirement investment as well. Oh, to get more matching payments or something. Exactly. Yeah. And as well to keep track of what's happening with the volatility of the market to make sure things are going to be safe. If you're directing it into, if the, your company has three options, for example, make sure that's still the right option for your risk tolerance. Exactly. Because sometimes the, that changes over time. But I would advise to not look too frequently too frequently at the ups and downs because there are ups and downs like the stock market ups and downs wild ups and downs every day and if you just get stressed about that it's not going to help you like this is a yeah. long-term investment meant yeah. to stay there for 20 plus years don't worry about what's happening in the last month or six months even like mm -hmm. the market's going to go up the market's going to go down yeah. Over time, it has always gone up. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, ask your employer, check out what's available, learn a little bit about what these things are, max out your matching payments because that's going to be probably the best retirement savings. Um, I would say, again, work with a financial advisor on what your retirement goals are because, you know, if you have a picture of what your retirement looks like and you look at how it's funded so you have your government funding old age security or social security you have a pension and you know, add those together is that going to be enough to fund your retirement goals yeah. if not then you need to, to go outside of those two and do your own like with a financial advisor they can invest money in other markets basically the same thing that you're employer is doing but since you can only max out a certain amount with your employer then you do it privately uh, with a financial advisor until you have a plan in place that's going to meet your retirement goals definitely yeah. you may run into the occasion though where the employer doesn't even do a pension plan that you need to handle that all on your own yeah that's it's entirely possible um, yeah. if it's a small company that's definitely going to be the case um, yeah. we, we've 
I owned a business uh, in, in, and we didn't have a pension. Mm -hmm. Like we had three employees. I'm not gonna run a pension <laughs> for that. Man, we've had, we had benefits, but that was about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, you know, sometimes you have the case where that's not available. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it's just financial advisor. You should have a financial advisor regardless. Agreed. Because you're gonna have to go through this risk assessment. You'd be foolish to do on your own. Mm -hmm. And to, to try to project out what your needs are going to be based on what your goals are. Um, your financial advisor can't set your goals for you, but they can bring you down to earth if you're like way out of your league. <laughs> or they can tell you, look, if you want to be in that league, here's what you need to do. You, you need, need to, to play ball. You need to start <laughs> putting $5,000 away a month. If that's not possible, then you need to just curb your expectations. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, a, a professional financial advisor will help you with all of these details and get you on track with your goals and your savings for retirement. And the point is that you need to make sure you are saving reti for retirement. If your company does have, your employer has a retirement in, uh, program, yeah. make sure you are enrolled in it. Just don't automatically think that it's gonna happen just because you're there, <laughs> you became an employee. Yeah, I mean, Enroll. your HR should take you through this, but just in case. Don't depend 100% on that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so recommendations. Show me the money. Find ways to save, to find money for savings and investments. Yes. Um, additionally, you want to make sure that you understand the value of time and how time can work in your favor mm -hmm. when you're putting money aside for compound interest. Use that rule of 72 to figure it out. And finally, take advantage of any government employer savings plans that are available, um, especially ones where they do matching payments because mm -hmm. that's free money. Exactly. Happy budgeting. Happy budgeting. I can pay cash, I can pay check, I can pay wire transfer, I can pay gift card, I can pay credit, I can pay anything you like. I can pay cash, I can pay check, I can pay wire transfer, I can pay gift card, I can pay credit, I can pay 